Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to episode 113, Underground Saints, Mike Exenkamper. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the worldwide headquarters of the Gospel Underground here in Blacksburg, Virginia, and Durham, North Carolina, right next to UNC Chapel Hill, right next to Duke University, which Mike, one of my daughters, is going to apply to very soon. We might be visiting I am here with a legendary guest, and I mean that in the purest sense of the word. I'm here with Mike Exenkamper. He is a Hall of Fame baseball player from the University of Ohio Bobcats. Mike, I learned this today, that you have the highest batting average in history of the school. Is that still 424 holding up in the record books? I, I think I might be second. Second. Okay. Well, first, first in our hearts, uh, 424, New York Yankees farm system, married to Kim for a really long time. Four kids, Elisa, Amy, Christy, Todd. He did all girls first and the boy last like we did. Grandkids that play soccer. We're old now. UNC campus legend, the Godman, the Bible guy, Mike X, my friend. And one of the people that most exemplifies the title Underground Saints. He's a favorite son of Gloucester, Ohio, resident of the late great planet Earth in Durham, North Carolina, cancer survivor, ringer in pickup basketball. He will hustle you in racquetball. He's my friend, Mike Exengaber. Mike, thank you and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Underground. Oh, Rick, man, thank you for having me. But- what an introduction. How'd you get all that in such a short time? Well, I'm trying to honor someone who in my life and our family, uh, Mike, you are very important to us. And so I wanted to have fun with you, make you laugh, because I know you're super comfortable with having a hype man. Um, so I wanted to be that for you as we started out today. But hey, how about you share us a little bit of your story, your your bio, so to speak, without all the nonsense that... Uh, yeah, that no, I, I, I loved it. Brings good memories. Uh, born, uh, raised in Gloucester, Ohio, really small town, Southeast Ohio. And, you know, kind of a real poor area. Um, grow up. That's all I knew. Love my family, good family. And, you know, but didn't know anything about God. Um, I think, you know, before I knew God, by the grace of God, he let me get a scholarship to Ohio university, which I probably was the last one to sign out of our class, all the write-ups for other players, you know, were paragraphs, and I had a little itty-bitty one, and honestly, <laughs> I didn't, I felt kind of out of place and naive, and like, hey, can I play here? Yeah, yeah. And it was actually during batting practice in the fall of my freshman year that I first heard about Jesus during wow. practice. Wow. The teammate said, Mike, hey, what do you think of Jesus Christ? And I, I, I have no idea. You said he's not a cuss word, I don't think, but what do you <laughs> And so that, that night he told me a little bit more of who Jesus is, and I just thought, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, I'll just go do my thing. And so what I do, what I did, and what I was good at uh, when I didn't understand something, I just kind of hide or avoid it. <laughs> that's, I, right. that's just, hey, that's good for you. Yeah, that's um, nice. My girlfriend broke up with me in January, which she made it sound like a mutual thing, but it wasn't. And it just crushed me. I was angry at the world. I was ticked off. And then I made one of the poorest choice, baddest decisions of my whole life. And I, then I wanted to know, is it possible to be forgiven? Like, wow. I didn't know. Yeah. It was through another teammate who talked to me some and then eventually 
heard about Jesus, like this person can actually forgive you. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. Wow. Think he really can. But I was scared to death. Yeah. I don't know anything about this God, but I know I need forgiveness. And um, so junior year in April is like, Jesus, if you can take the mess I've made out of my life and if you can do something, okay, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> wow. And, and, and did you hit 424 after you were well, forgiven by God? Good thing. That was that, it was that season. So it was all coming together. It's uh, like one of the worst, worst points in my life is, was also athletically one of the best. And wow. Wow. Through, again, through teammates, that's where, you know, God and sport just had such a good marriage for me. That's where I heard so much about who Jesus is. And yeah. then when the Yankees drafted me like a couple months after that, and the guy that I became best friends with was the guy we named our son after, Todd Demeter from Oklahoma City. Wow. He was a real strong believer, and I was like a two-month baby old Christian. This was in far minor league baseball? Yeah, yeah. And that's what, so— Like we, in Pawtucket or something like that or like some well, small— In, in Oneonta, New York. Was okay. The first place. Well, Fort Lauderdale, Oneonta, and then the next year was Greensboro. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the third year was Greensboro. You know, you always want to keep moving up. Yeah. In God's plan, you know, it was back to Greensboro, but that was, you know, part of how we ended up at North Carolina, actually. Yeah, okay. So so you went from minor league baseball to sports ministry, um, right. and that was obviously from a baby Christian, you kind of grew a little bit probably in that season, and tell us a little bit about that process of how you ended up, because Mike works with Athletes in Action, which is uh, part of Crew Global, the artist formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ International sports ministry uh, does many things with campuses, but also pro sports. And Mike, I met at UNC. So Greensboro to UNC. Tell us, tell us about that. I think with um, seeing, you know, people's love for sport, my love for sport, but also how God has used some of me, my teammates with the Yankees and other people's lives. And then back at Ohio university, because I ended up graduating it's like, wow, you know, God can take like what I kind of like and what I'm kind of good at. And he can use that as a bridge into other people. Like there's other baseball players that need Jesus. There's other people. Yeah. It was just kind of like very natural. The, the, the kicker though was my third season, you know, Kim and I were dating and hey, we didn't want to be separated by another season. So we said, Hey, let's go ahead and get married actually during the season. Right. <laughs> You yeah, know, which we thought was a great idea. So you can pay a lot of attention think, to your newlywed wife, right? <laughs> I think the Yankees thought that was a great idea. Hey, so, so four days before our wedding, I get released. Wow! So I call Kim. Hey, Kim, I got some good news. I got some bad news. You know, the good news is I get to come home a day early. Yeah. The bad news is we have no job, <laughs> and that's. That's how we started our marriage. Wow. Wow. And was that like a piece of paper in the locker kind of thing? Or was it like a GM? I mean, like in Moneyball where like you, Brad Pitt's firing you. You got a guy, Mike, I'll let you go. <laughs> I'll let you go. It's the, yeah. On your hotel door, hey, Skip needs to see you. You know, my outfield coach walked me into the manager's hotel room because it was an away game. Oh, wow. <laughs> like in South Carolina. It's like, well, here's your options. You know, and yeah, none of them are good. Yeah, and, but I, I thought, well, Lord, Kim and I are going to get married. You're going to have another team for me. Yeah, because I felt like that's the direction that you're leading us in. I'll yeah. just get picked up with another team, and then 
frankly, read after a month of being rejected. Yeah. It's like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Pro baseball is, is slightly competitive with the amount of people that actually get to do it. Right. It's like you made it way further than most ever would dream. Um, right. Yeah. Especially in the Yankee organization. I mean, every year we won our championship because our organization was so loaded. Yeah. But it was like, well, God, guess, I guess that dream is kind of, kind of died. Yeah. Like it's gone. And my identity obviously was tied a lot to it. And we just, we were in Greensboro at the time. So we got temporary jobs and just worked that summer. And we just eventually felt, you know, through talking with people, it was always people yeah. a part of our growing. It wasn't just by yourself Yeah. at Ohio university and with the Yankees. And then it's like, Lord, we feel like you're leading us on staff with athletes in action. And so we took the steps of faith to see that that happened. Our first assignment was Indiana university for just a semester. And then, we were at Fort Collins, Colorado, and the president of our organization said, hey, Mike and Kim, hey, I got something I want to share with you. Um, so we had some pizza with him. Hey, there's five choices for you. <laughs> I want you to go start a ministry at one of these choices. Virginia Tech. Hey. Tennessee, North Carolina, Florida, Florida State. You pick one. Wow. And because of the connection through Greensboro, and Kim's mom had moved from Ohio, it's like, Kim said, Mike, North Carolina is like only an hour away. Yeah. And so, you know, when you look back and read, I, I know you and I have talked about this, but, and you're, you're just a young pup, but <laughs> one of the really cool things about being a believer when you get old, when you start getting older is you have more fingerprints of God yeah. throughout your past and you can start linking, man, Lord, you took us there. You did this. You brought this person yeah. in. Oh, that's, oh, that's why you did that. Yeah. I just makes you really grateful for God's sovereignty. Well, it's unbelievable because like, you know, I'm listening to you and thinking of today, I'll get to go tell my son that my friend, Mike, he'll listen to this. What's up, Tom, uh, that you got the money ball, knock on the door conversation with the coach, uh, Mike, I gotta let you go in. And because of that, he, my son is in the world. I mean, these things are all upstream from lots of things that led you to North Carolina, that led us to meet, that led me to meet Christ through your witness. Uh, met my wife at UNC. He's a, he, my son is, exists now from that covenantal marital union. It's, it's amazing when you think about all the minutia that we, you know, we're worried about, we're stressed about, we don't know what's going on. But, you know, when you're, you know, I'm a young, almost 49-year-old, uh, you're right. You've seen lots of things, right, uh, in your story, even this that seems small, that then downstream expand into this beautiful picture of what God does. Yeah. I love how you explain that, Reed. Yeah. That's, you're right. Yeah. Well, um, in terms of uh, North Carolina, you've been there 30 years. Is that right? 38 years. Mm -hmm. 38. Oh, my guess almost 40 years. Almost, uh, yeah. So um, that would make me like 10, 11 years old when you got there, I guess. Well, I, I guess I met you when I was probably 18, 19 year old. So that's not uh, a yeah, freshman. Yeah, I know it's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Um, 
Mike, let's move to UNC. You were there a while. Baseball guys need the Lord. Funny ear wrestlers guys that uh, yes. <laughs> that cause a lot of trouble downtown in North Carolina maybe need need Jesus as well. I thought it'd be fun for us to just share a little bit about how our, our impressions of our, like when we first started meeting or interacting from both kind of perspectives, because I, I remember it pretty pretty well. And so I'd love to hear your recollection of yeah. Of how that went. Well, you know, I love wrestlers. I love wrestlers because they're just, they're passionate. And, and they might not be passionate about Jesus, but they're passionate. And I, I remember watching a wrestle-off read. I think it was in Carmichael Auditorium. Almost in the dark. <laughs> Almost in the dark. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching that, you know, and I, I was trying to get more inroads in, with some teams and, you know, you have to be wise when you're around coaches. Do they want you around? So, you know, you're just trying to kind of be a fly on the wall a little bit. I remember watching you. I, I think you lost. I did lose. This was uh, my true freshman year. And there was one of my best friends named Dave Leonardis, who was also yeah. a, a true freshman. He was supposed to start that year. I was supposed to redshirt. He got mono halfway through. I cut 18 pounds in four days and, <laughs> and wrestled all year at 142 pounds. And then he did not. The NCAA is much more generous today. They did not give him a waiver. So we had to rank off for the position at the very end of the year. So get this picture, guys. This wasn't like a big wrestle off for everybody. It was just for me and Dave, two out of three, literally a full mat, though, in the corner of this where Michael Jordan played, Carmichael Auditorium, in almost in the dark. And so not a good day for me. I think I always lost about five to two, five to three, four to two to Dave. And, uh, yeah, so I'd lost, I lost that year after that. So. So that's what I remember. And then I don't know how much time went after that, but um, the baseball field, Boschhammer Stadium, beyond right field, there's some sidewalks converge, meet from Avery Dorm going to Arringhouse Dorm. And I just happened to be walking, and then you happened to be walking, and we could just kind of met like that little intersection. Yeah. I just, hey, and I'm, I'm a pretty shy person, actually. I'm not, I'm not you know, it's just a little harder for me to meet people. And I said, Hey, I think, I mean, I don't know if I know you, I think I knew your name, but Hey, I saw you wrestle and, you know, kind of felt bad for you, but we just kind of interacted and read is one of those moments where I just think God just helped some words come out of my mouth. I think I asked you a question of something like, Hey, you know, just where does God fit in your life or something like that? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I think asked if you'd be interested in getting together and you actually said yes. But <laughs> frankly, if I, if I would have known how stinking smart you are, I, I don't know if I would have shown up, <laughs> but at least that's my first impression. So we can go more from that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember, I think that same year, Bill Lamb, who was our longtime UNC coach, I think he's in the wrestling hall of fame. Um, just a well, let's just say a wonderful character of, of you know you've known Bill Lamb through many many seasons of his life. Who's now you know confessing Christian guy and but let's just say probably wasn't or at least he would say you know I tried that but God was baiting the trap with women so I didn't you know that's what he told us when we're in the wrestling room and uh, you know he 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 actually allowed you to speak to the team that year I believe um, and I remember you came and talked to our team you know and so we. 
I remember asking a kid, I think Jody Staler, who was from my, from where I grew up, Virginia, kind of a f- wild kid and really good wrestler. And I was like, who is this guy? He goes, he's the Bible guy. Um, and then I think Greg Randall, who at the time was like the only kind of open Christian on the team, said, yeah, 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 he's the God man. <laughs> you know, I was like, now I was like, well, the God man is Jesus Christ. Now, but you, you kind of had this reputation of being the, you know, the, the Christian guy or whatever. And so and I remember looking at you just thinking, man, this guy looks really nice. That, that's, that can't be real. And so I didn't even write in on a feedback card. I, I just turned it in blank. I was like, I'm not interested in this. You know, my, you know, I didn't grow up in that stuff. And like, I certainly don't need the Bible guy around. And so when I saw you behind the baseball field, we, we had a training table back then, a, a, a athletic dining hall that they, they canceled that in sports. Now it's back. It's like back in a ridiculous way. I think um, everybody's got the, you know, the, the Ritz Carlton dining hall for athletes now, but we just built one here. It's unbelievable. So I remember coming out of the training table and walking and I was on this path and you were on the path and I was thinking, Oh no, <laughs> there's nowhere I can go. Yeah. I, I was really nervous about it. Uh, not that you're, I mean, you're such a nice person. I, I, I just, should, I didn't know you at the time. I was like, Oh, the God guy's here. Oh, what do I do? Like, and, and I remember you just saying, Hey, I saw you wrestling. You're getting to start some as a freshman. And I heard you're, you're, uh, you know, studying physics or something. And not a lot of guys on the team are doing that. I was like, yeah, I mean, nobody doing it on our team. And, uh, and I remember you asked me something very, my recollection is very clear. Same words that you just said, Hey, where does God fit into all this? And I was like, man, I don't even know. Um, and you asked me, Hey, can, can you want to get together and talk about that? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then like, I was like, oh my gosh, I agreed to meet with a religious guy. And what am I going to say? And I, and I really did have kind of not good intentions. Like, well, he probably believes in this mythology. He's probably a little misunderstood in life. Maybe I'll talk about inflationary big bang theory and, you know, maybe set him straight. But I was really nervous. Right. And, uh, and then you came by, you came by the dorm and, and, and met with me. And so, yeah, that's, that's my remember of that same, that same day. Reed, that's really something. I remember Coach Lamb told me when he introduced me to the team, I was scared. Yeah. He He's said, an intimidating person. Yeah. He said, I've watched this guy for nine years. He didn't allow me to speak to the team for nine years. Yeah, That was the first time. And I, I forgot that that was when you were a freshman. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, and yeah. I do remember Reed showing up to your room, and I think you had probably mentioned that was – probably one of the few times in your life where you actually didn't say much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just didn't say a whole lot. I didn't have anything to say. Yeah. I, oh gosh. All I remember is like, Hey, I'm just going to try to share the gospel with him. Cause that's basically all I really know. I mean, that's yeah. why I said, if, if I would have known how smart you were, Reed, I would have <laughs> been freaked out. So I think I, we just kind of talked about God's love and our sin and Jesus is the answer. Something like that. Yeah. And, you know, left the room. I, I don't know what you thought, but it's like, and I didn't know what was going on and yeah. you know, I didn't know your background and things you thought about. And you know what I told you before we got on, you know, your story is just one of the grace of God's stories of like, this wasn't planned. This was the Lord and everybody's salvation is the grace of God's story, which is beautiful of, of Jesus. It's like, Oh my yeah. goodness, you can, you can really touch a person and yeah. you can really draw a person to yourself. But what encouraged me was like, you know, I don't have to actually 
have all my ducks in a row to talk to somebody about Jesus. Like this is guy, I don't, I didn't even really know this guy. Yeah. And, but God, he uses us like that. And then he uses us with friends and family yeah. and yeah. sometimes strangers. I mean, it's just cool that he can figure that out. That's right. Have to try to figure that out. That's right. We get so worried about what everybody's going to say or think. And, and I remember like hearing, you know, these basic biblical principles and just knowing that God was capturing my life. I just knew it. It was a spiritual experience. A lot of people, because I'm into Christian thought, I'm into apologetics. Thanks to you. You got me into that later. But um, I, didn't, I didn't have any questions. Um, I just knew if there was a God and that if I was a sin, and if there was a God, I certainly was a sinner, right? I, did, I, I knew that and and that I would be guilty and I needed, needed not just would be nice to be forgiven. I knew I needed that. And, uh, if Jesus provided that, I just, be- I just believed. And so it was, is a real spiritual thing. I remember even running to practice cause we could go behind some dorms from way back there. You could run behind all these dorms to get to, uh, you know, over Fetzer where we practiced. And, and I just remember sprinting, just feeling so alive, so grateful and so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I had a hundred million questions about everything and, I even think I even think you said, you know what? You'd really like apologetics. I was like, I ain't saying sorry for nothing. I'm a Christian, you know. And uh, of course, I didn't know what that meant or anything that, that came from a Greek word that meant to give a reason or a defense of your faith. And uh, you started handing me books and things and just being very patient. Um, because after that, you know, I had a really hard summer. Um, probably the summer in between that. You know, because that was like late. That was, you know, because, you know, that wrestle off was like late right before ACCs and then all that happened. And uh, I went home. I think it was just weeks probably before. So we didn't really have time for what we would call now follow up or anything. And so I went home and I just ran hard, man. I ran with all the old guys. I tried to be at, you know, wrestling camps and stuff. And I remember I got in a lot of fights that summer and was just really pushing the envelope in a real unhealthy way. And, uh, and I never felt bad for doing stuff before, but all of a sudden I felt bad. But then I just like, well, I just, that made me angry. And then I just kept having a rough summer. I think even that was the summer I, I yeah, you guys probably can't see this on my arm, but like I burned myself to beat a baseball player actually in a competition where we, this is brilliance of young athletes here, like 19 years old, that we're going to hold a fork on a stove until it gets red and see, and look at each other and see who will flinch and stop first. And, you know, I won that, but I think I came back that, that year and, and you were like, what happened to your, you were like jeepers or something. What happened? Uh, Michael always used these words, you know, cause he wasn't cussing or anything. He was always like, golly jeepers. <laughs> and one time we were riding to a retreat. And he's he's a bunch of guys in the car. He's like, "Does anybody have to go TT?" And obviously, he had little he had little girls at home at the time, so I totally yeah. get it now. We're like, "No, nobody's got to go TT." But uh, I remember you seeing that on my arm and thinking, "What is this guy into?" You know, that was so funny. Yeah, I remember the TT story. My kids got on me, <laughs> but you know, coming back though, I mean, the Lord really, He really grabbed you. Uh, you know, there's some other trouble and yeah. I'm sure if you're going to be able to stay on the team and coach yeah. was trying to decide. And I remember you said you just went to the wrestling, wrestling room by yourself yeah. and just sat down and just like, or I, I don't know what happened at that yeah. moment, but yeah, I was really glad that he didn't kick you off the team. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the interesting thing about that, Mike, is a lot of my teammates thought like uh, I got in some trouble. So I went to God. And which is not true at all. Um, 
God came for me. And then I just, I, I went into a tailspin a little bit and partially because I didn't know what it meant to follow him. I knew I believed. And then I had a really hard summer, you know, this, this isn't super public, but I beat a guy up, right. Um, you know, being a tough guy up on Franklin street and, and that's where the trouble happened. And I remember I met with coach lamb and coach lamb had this kind of um, when he get mad at you, I don't know if you ever saw this with him, like he would get like spit that would connect his lips on the sides like this. And, and his lips would quiver and shake. And this happened all the time. Cause he'd be mad at a wrestler for, you know, not getting off bottom or something, you know? And I remember him like telling me like I was going to end up back at ODU or something. And, um, that I, he didn't know what he's going to do with me. And I remember trying to call my mom and, you know, talk to somebody and, uh, and I remember wanting to call Greg, you know, Greg Randall got on a team that we called Woody, not after the, you know, Buzz Lightyear buddy, but after the guy on Cheers, it was kind of this goofy bartender. And I remember wanting to talk to him because he was a Christian. And I remember sitting by myself in the restroom, room, not knowing what my future was going to be and realizing uh, that I needed God to help, not just, you know, say a prayer and, and, and be forgiven, but help me learn way to go in life. And so, um, I know at that point, and you know, I just started asking you, Hey, teach me some stuff, man. I need some stuff. And, uh, I remember going through some basic, you know, worksheets and things. And then, um, I won't tell anybody, but you gave me a navigators like blue notebook thing the next year that I just yeah, yeah. devoured that because it was a little deeper, you know, than the crew stuff. And, um, yeah, I just remember just taking off and growing a ton. Um, but I mean, like, and I even told my parents, like, no, I didn't become a Christian because I got in trouble. That that was not even close to true. Um, I became a Christian when I heard the gospel. Uh, and then certainly, you know, I, I realized beating dudes up and stuff isn't the way to go in life. I mean, yeah, I didn't need Jesus to figure that one out. But um, I remember that I needed, I realized if I was going to be uh, a Christian, I needed to learn what that even meant. Mm-hmm. Um and so there was the mystical aspect of kind of being born again, I suppose. And then there's the aspect of discipleship or, or really learning what it means to uh, have Jesus lead your life. Um, and that was, that was exciting. That was uh, new. I mean, all kind of new stuff. I mean, uh, Mike's a guy that, you know, I, I don't know why, where I came up with this dumb idea, but I thought like, if you're a Christian, you should pray, but you should never pray for yourself, right? I had this idea like, well, that would be selfish. Why would you do that? And so Mike was the one that gave me permission to pray for myself for the first time ever. And it was for, for Casey Monroe, who's, <laughs> who's oh, who, who I've married, you know, over, you know, 25 years now. Um, so just silly stuff like that about how to pray and it's okay to pray. You know, most people are like, oh God, give me a boat. You know, I was like, can you, can you do that? And like, oh yeah. And so Casey, you know, got into that prayer. Um, that plane got landed and, um, man, and Mike was great for our relationship too, just helping us over, over that time when we were in college. And I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, we were in Shoney's one morning cause we had stayed up all night long and didn't sleep. And, and we weren't fooling around or anything, you know, but we were just like exhausted and we were like eating breakfast cause we stayed up literally all night. And then you walked in, I was like, well, I wonder if he knows we're up all night in my dorm room. Cause I was learning about, you know, what to do with women and not and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, super, super fun season. Well, I just, I love hearing more and I mean, since it was like it was yesterday though, it really, I think you sitting in that wrestling room and Kim and I were talking about this this morning of, you know, when God is 
speaking to us, you know, through people or circumstances, his word. Um, in Hebrews 4, it says, don't harden your heart. Yeah. Especially, oh, it's like, oh, my goodness. Think of the times when we've actually not really wanted to listen. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's the grace of God times where we actually listen. Yeah. And it's like you, you list, you like, okay, Lord, I really need you more than just yeah. fire insurance. I, I yeah. need you daily. And yeah. the thing that I remember, and I still, this is not just a memory. This is you read. You don't need a lot of motivation. Like Reed Monahan doesn't <laughs> need a lot of motivation. Reed just, Reed, you just, you go after things. You, that's your personality, man. That's one of the reasons I, I love wrestlers. Yeah. You know, you just went out. You just wanted to go after the Lord. And frankly, I don't really feel like, honestly, I don't really feel like I taught you much. It's like, basically for Reed, Reed just, just get out of the way. <laughs> and God's going to, he's going to, he's going to show Reed. And, and you love the experience of a church that, not all the people look like you. Yeah. I mean, you were you were just you're wanting to find out, Lord, what it, what are you about? You know, your people, your graciousness, and you know, Casey. Um, you know, it's, it's just again, it's so neat to to look back. But you know, one of the things I'm really trying to live by now, Reed, is and I heard this from a friend in Winston Salem is make your dreams bigger than your memories mm. you know, make mm. your dreams bigger than your memories. Mm. That's how to live yeah. all the way to the end. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, well, you're teaching me, I, you're teaching me right now, Mike. So I, I, I strenuously object to the fact that like it, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about our friendship is that we are very different in the sense that, um, you know, I, I don't doing team meetings on campuses or meeting the AD or the head football coach. It doesn't make me nervous. It gets me excited, you know, and you're sharing like, oh, I was really nervous talking to the team. Um, you're going to say, I didn't teach you anything, but Mike, this, the, the reality is for me, like you taught me and showed me that. And that's something about, I think Christian uh, mentorship, discipleship, that's super significant is that you show people things as well as teaching them. And, um, I still remember like you in the basement of your, your, one of your houses scraping oh, up yeah. this, remember that impossible floor that we tried to get yeah, up I and then and, and, yeah, and you were there yeah. until like four in the morning yeah. and the, and the carpet pad was like chemically fused to the concrete or something. And, uh, and I remember like, cause I, I, I was fascinated because one, you were still married and, you know, my parents you know, ended up splitting up later and had a real rough marriage before that. So, you know, I remember just scraping the floor and you telling me, oh, yeah, we've had a hard time in our marriage. I'm like, no, come on. And and you were just honest and authentic about like, yeah, we're, we're committed to marriage. We, we're not like hit and eject. But, yeah, we've been to counseling. We've we've worked at this thing. And and uh, and I remember just you being a father and, you know, your kids, you know, being you being kind to them. And, and I never saw I didn't see kindness right from men. Um, I, my dad was a, you know, pretty, pretty angry guy when I was growing up. And then my wrestling coach, who I do thank God for him being him too. Cause like he's, he's one of the guys that influenced me as much as anybody. He, he was very tough. And so I, I, I really thank God for like seeing kindness. I said this to Tommy yesterday. I haven't met Mike yet. I want to meet him. 
And I was like, well, you need to meet them. That, that we need to fix that. I was like, but yeah, if you had a dictionary and said kindness, I, for me, I put Mike's picture there and you may not even think that about yourself. I'm just, my impression of you was like, um, you just had this genuine kindness that extended to others and allowed me to kind of fluster around and figure things out and, uh, and just be a kind guide and a, and a good friend who I could trust. And, and then even like how to date and how to get married and all that kind of stuff. And then being involved in our wedding, it's just uh life changing for me. And, and I say this to people all the time. God's wisdom is if, if I had showed up to talk to me about Jesus, it would have been a big argument probably. Um, but, but God sent Mike with a disarming, uh, character that, oh. that was clear about the, the grace of God, clear about my sin. It wasn't like watered down, like, Oh, God loves you and you don't need to change. Um, so that I could hear. And then I just think we always kind of enjoy each other because of that difference. Um, and, uh, you've been in one place for 38 years and I think every four to eight years I'm doing something different. It seems like, <laughs> um, I marvel at that. Wow. Why can't I be somewhere for 38 years? Lord, is that a problem? It might be a problem. It might just be the way things are. I don't know. But yeah. And then I marvel, I marvel at you like, oh man, Reed and Casey, they get to experience these things. And I mean, I know you love being in Blacksburg right yeah. now and but you've had yeah. so many different experiences and. I was just telling Reed, you know, some of the things that he's written, uh, especially on sex and, and just is, is still being used, you know, even last week, you know, with yeah. people. So I love who you are, your heart, heart for the Lord with your family. And I'm, I'm just really glad that you're God's, he spent a little extra time giving you a little I don't know if it's more intellect, but I love that you write stuff and, yeah. you, and I, I love using it. Passing yeah. It on. yeah. That's kind Mike. It's uh, one of the really fun things about our friendship is that we went from being, you know, you being my mentor and kind of leading me to the Lord and helping me grow up and, um, you know, talking to me when I went to, you know, crazy churches where people were running around and stuff and speaking in funny languages. And I remember calling, what is this stuff? I mean, you just very patiently answer my questions through all these things. But the the fun thing is that when then we became colleagues, so to speak, um, when Casey and I went on staff with Athletes in Action and, and were able to spend uh, eight years in that ministry, you know, which I thought I'd probably never leave. I loved everything about it, right? And even now that I'm chaplain for the Virginia Tech wrestling team. I kind of still doing that sort of thing, but I remember just what a, a wonderful thing it was for, you know, doing retreats together and you showing up with UNC people and us showing up with Virginia Tech folks. And, and I didn't know that was one of your five options. So uh, we opened that yeah. campus up years later, which is kind of even another fun fact, but that's really cool. But working together was just a, an honor. And I'm glad, like Mike is now, you are now a regional director, right? Which I was a regional director before you, which is ridiculous. And that's only because you said no forever to being a regional director. And so, um, because one of the things I learned from you and still learn is the value of actually, you know, doing the deed, so to speak, staying involved with people. Um, our organizations need layers and managers and things like that. I, I get that. I'm glad you're a regional director now, but your persistence in one place with uh, communities of people, like even a couple of years ago when I came back and spoke in the baseball uh, facility, just seeing like, wow, this is so like, like if any of you guys are supporters of Mike and Kim's ministry and you happen to listen to this, the continuity of this family and their impact on eternity by being at Carolina, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just wonderful, wonderful to see. And I'm, I'm glad to be a recipient, an alumni, a partner now uh, in, in what you do. And, and glad you're leading other staff. That's, that's, oh. that's really great. Thank you, Reed. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Well, Mike, we both realize that um, I think you told me a story one time how you fell and cut yourself because some guy gave you smoke some weed or something. Is that, is that, is that, that was you, right? Like some that guy. Was me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you told me the story first, one time. The only time I ever tried weed was and a, a van door flew over because it was a, a fro, it was a cold, icy night and. The door was stuck, so I tried to go up close to it. This was uh, when I was a sophomore in college, and somebody on the inside just kicked the door open, and it flew open and just nailed me right in the forehead. And of course, you guys laughed because I went to the emergency room, and I'm just getting there stitched up and thinking. And that that was the only time. I did. Yeah. Your experience with with drugs was not was not uh, a high point. Let's say uh, you know, the, the, where would we be? without the grace of God, right? This is, you know, over the years, obviously, you know, I I took to reading, I, you know, I was a math science guy, but really took to philosophy and theology and apologetics and, you know, comparative religions and these things. My parents even told me, Hey, you need to read other religions before you get to in this Jesus thing. And I did. And that made me more of a Christian than ever. Unique, (laughs) unique, right. In the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, teachings of the Bible is this idea of God being both gracious and loving to all he's made, but still having a standard, right? Like that we fall short, but it's not like, Hey, well, you better do the 10 commandments better if you want to get in, or you better obey the five pillars, or you better take this noble path and keep to it. If not, you're going to end up, you know, reincarnated into a, a, a you know chicken or something. Um, that God is gracious, that he doesn't see our faults. He forgives them that in Christ, right, that we have this newness of life and then hope, right, strength for the day, as the hymn says, hope for tomorrow. Um, Where would we be without the grace of God? Mm. Not here. (laughs) Know that, Reed. Yes, Uh, not here. I love just how you're talking about the grace of God. See, you know, I'm more of a sinful person than I thought I was and even think I am. But instead of, you know, Jesus pointing his finger at me and saying, Mike, you're just such a screw up again. Yeah. It's more of a as a as his child, it's more he's got his arms open saying. And so now it's like, yeah, I, I actually want him to let me know yeah. my sin in my heart. So I can actually just confess it and not like I used to do, not hide it or avoid yeah. it. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm a different person because of God's grace of just, Amen. you know, Jesus, he, he cares for us so, so much as his child. And, you know, people can tend to transfer their view of their earthly parents, specifically their father onto God yeah, and just assume, well, that's the way he is. Yeah. We need our mind renewed by his word and mm-hmm. with our conversations and, you know, experiences that he walks us through. I remember it was 845 at night on a Wednesday night at Duke Hospital when the oncologist said to Kim and I, I'm 95% sure you have cancer. I just don't know what kind. 
Yeah. Because we had four small kids. And that, that began our journey into the world that you don't volunteer for. Right. You know, in the cancer world. But I'll tell you, if he would have had in his drawer, open his drawer, said, oh, by the way, let's just say, by the way, this pill can cure what you have. Would you be interested? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a year of chemotherapy and radiation. Yeah. Yeah. This body went through. I would have said, yes, I'll do anything for that antidote. Yeah. And so Kim, and Kim throwing out everything in your house and getting all new things in your house and you being oh, a good wife. Poor Kim. She yeah. worked so hard. Yeah. To try to keep yeah. me alive. That's, you know, but by the grace of God, he lets us see our need for him in that. No, I'm not just a good guy. You know, I actually far from that. I'm actually very much of a selfish, sinful person, but to be diagnosed with something, it sounds terrible, but it's actually a really, really good thing. If there's a cure for it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of Jesus is he's the cure or the thing that we can't fix. And that's, that's our right. sin problem. That's right. Uh, he's just, he's wonderful at coming yeah. at us. And one of my favorite verses all time is John six forty four, where, mm. you know, nobody can come to God unless we're drawn to him by the father, by Jesus. And Matthew 11, where, you know, he's saying the same thing, but come to me, all you who are weary and, and burdened. He said, yeah. I'll give you rest. Yeah. Like, what an invitation. He said, you know, learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly of heart. Yeah. One of the only times he actually spoke about his heart. Yeah. Described it. He said, you know, take my yoke and learn from me, and I will give you rest for your soul. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you got to be kidding. Yeah. He doesn't just forgive us of our sin, but he, he wants, to, and he is. He, he'll come into our life, and he'll start making it brand new. Like we never knew we could have this. Yeah. So yes, the grace of God is just a daily, like, Lord, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe it. You are who you are. Yeah. In our lives. Amen. You know, that, that, that song by the Gettys in Christ alone, where it says no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. Mm. Um, this is, this is the reality for, for the for those he draws to himself and those who trust him because we can we can know we're not guilty we can know his ordering of the days that we face whether those dark scary days or or glorious good days right uh they're ordered by him for a purpose and for our good and uh i think i shared this with you right before we got on it's like hey that the hope we have is like the brightest day is always ahead. I share that with my wrestlers and our coaches here. Like no matter what today is, you won the national title or you just got put out of the wrestlebacks and you're never going to be an all American. Um, no matter the day, our best days are ahead mm. because those have been secured by the resurrection of Jesus, the first fruit and promise to all who believe that even if cancer in your case, we thank God, right? Remission and been with us a long time. Um, 27 years old and still kicking, um, your, your, your life is a gift. But even if the, the, the life was shortened by that disease, 
the final disease uh, of sin. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, that the resurrection is our hope and future. We don't. We won't live in a dystopia terrible world uh, like all the sci-fi movies I love have. We will live forever in a kingdom of light and love and fullness of our healed bodies. And and that's all of grace, right? It isn't because we we hit 424 or we won a state title. Or, or in my case, you know, my wrestling career was just littered with these weird, mm-hmm. almost, you know, beat really good guys and then never really got my shot because of all kinds of injuries and skin infections and stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, but for me all makes sense in the hands of Providence of the Lord who leads everything and cares that you ended up in Greensboro and then you ended up in Chapel Hill and we all by God's grace end up here uh, today. And so really from our family, Mike, from, uh, everyone that's in our circles, um, you truly, uh, changed my life in so many ways um, that we're grateful for the human instrumentality, not to us, O Lord, but to you, the all glory. But man, thank just thanks. Um, if you haven't heard it enough over the years, um, you you are a special person, and uh, you've done wonderful work in the lives of, of real human beings that matter to Jesus. Mm. Oh, thank you, Rita. Touches my heart in more ways and a little tear in my eye. <laughs> I, I just, I love you, who you are, and sweet Casey and your kids. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it's humbling to hear that too, you know, because as you know, we're, you know, we're just, we're broken people. Yeah. Just trying to point other people in our frailty yeah. to someone greater. And all our mixed emotions and mixed motives. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, really, thank you, Reed, and thank to the grace of God. Amen. Well, we, as I once heard and learned from my friend Mike Exenkamper, we're just one beggar who's found bread and want to try to show somewhere else where we got it. And so thank you, Mike, for sharing that bread, the bread of life, Jesus himself, with me, with others thankful that uh, for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now that we get to persevere to the end let's finish well let's love our families you teach me how to be a granddad someday <laughs> i appreciate you mike the gospel underground podcast is produced in ponder- partnership with the bonhoeffer house we do take reviews on itunes five stars only are acceptable send your comments feedbacks and if you got a four-star review let us have it no one stars though but we don't like that send your comments feedback questions that you might want us to take up here on the underground to info at gospelunderground.org we are dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture we hope to see you out there thanks peace mike thank you so much for joining us today